Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Derek Shrewsbury Jr. and life of his car, Mr. Josh Sheldon. Ward van, but yes. Hello, everybody. I'm currently driving through Belmont, North Carolina. I'm trying not to kill people, so let's go. We are certainly hoping he doesn't do that, and if he does, we're not liable for any reasons. Uh, oh, yeah, you are. Y'all no, are we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> this is Season 3, Episode 25 of the Scientific Coaching Podcast, and there's only one place we can start, and that is the retirement of the GOAT, Tom Brady. He says for real, gentlemen, do you believe him? Darren, go first. Sure. I mean, we'll see in two months. I mean, until then, let's play, let's whack up Aerosmith. It's the same old story and the same old song and dance. Uh, um, I don't know. He might be. He may not be. If he is, good for him. He's had a hell of a career. If he ain't, let's hope he can go get Super, uh, super Bowl championship number whatever. Super whatever. Hey. <laughs> My brain ain't working, guys, so if it, I say something the wrong way, just bear with me today. It would be number eight. Well, I think he's done. I truly believe it. And I, I, I go back to – if you go back and you watch this this past season, it was evident the wheels starting to fall off. The car was still going, but the wheels were a little bit loose. He, he was he was putting a lot of balls in the dirt. He was putting a lot of balls 10, 15 yards over this receiver when he really shouldn't be. And, I mean, my God, he lost to the Dallas Cowboys for the first time in his career. What other reasons do you need to walk away? <laughs> yeah. If, but, that, if, if it wasn't the first losing season in his career that did it, it was losing to the Cowboys for the first time in his life that did it. But, but let's be fair here. How much is that on him, though? It's not. I, so, all because he had a bad season at Tampa doesn't mean if he went somewhere else, like if he came back from retirement, which I, I don't think he will. Um, like, if he came back out of retirement and went somewhere else, and they have decent weapons like 49ers, who's to say that he doesn't go straight back to the Super Bowl? But also, I just find this sound comical. His first playoff appearance, he lost. His second playoff, or well, his last playoff appearance, he lost. Yeah, he didn't go out as a champion, right? Well, yes, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of it's it's crazy how things like that work out. Mm-hmm. It is. I I think the 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 one thing that I that that the one thing that goes against the not. It, that goes against the argument that it's not all on him, which you know it's not. It's a team game. We say this multiple times. Is that he's he's had winning seasons with arguably mediocre teams. Um, I mean, hell, look at the 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 last year on the pay, uh, on the Patriots. It it was, was over. That was a bad team. Like it he was good. It was a bad team that they went eight no to, to start the season, and got knocked out first round of the playoffs. Uh, but it wasn't a great team. Um, it wasn't. And even pushing back before that, there was there were plenty of years where the team that otherwise wasn't that great was elevated because of him. Uh, no, they did they win championships? No, but damn it if they didn't have a, a hell of a season. Um, so I, I, the, the, that's the one thing that I, that, that 
pushes back on the it's not all on him. It's again, it's not, but it, it was his inability to hide to really. It, it, to me, it seemed like he didn't have the ability to really gain the enthusiasm of his team, like how he normally does. We know what he does on the sidelines. We know how he hypes up his teammates. We know the passion he shows and the throwing of the Microsoft Surface tablets he shows. Um, but this season, it just seemed like you could just see the looks on their faces like, dude, shut up. We're done. <laughs> like it, it, he, Something about it was lost to some extent. But that doesn't mean it, they, they went eight and nine because he was, <laughs> didn't go down trying to fight. Um, it wasn't that great of a team either. <laughs> Well, let, let's, and he, let's, but he wasn't also wasn't playing his best. Well, well, let's also hit on that point a little more. Do do you think he got, like, do you think he knew back in like October, and, and just kind of like, well, I, you know, I'd like to win a game, a championship, but if I don't, like, what do I have to prove? Mm-hmm. So like, because I thought that was the case in the beginning of the season until the divorce with Giselle, and then I thought it kind of lit a fire under him. The team didn't improve a little after that, but I, again. This team was never going to be anything other than just maybe get to the divisional round. The NFC was too stacked around it. Yeah. So I, I think he kind of, not to insert my own opinion into, into asking you a question, but it's kind of what I'm doing. I, I think he kind of looked at it as like, this team can't, I can't save this team. Why mm. do I care? I don't. I've got everything I could possibly want. I don't. I don't disagree entirely. I really don't. I mean, really, it's. It's. I, th- I do think like they after the divorce. What they he went through three, three games in a row, four games in a row, maybe something like that. And you're like, oh shit, maybe that was what maybe, they needed. Maybe, yeah. maybe they just needed the the weight of Giselle gone. What? Uh, and then you know, then it went right back to the classic this season, Tampa. Um, that game against Brock Purdy and the Niners just basically sunk the whole team. Yeah, yeah. What if it had to do with the new head coach that they have down there? That's not that, that point I was going that, to Yeah, that's not entirely out of the question either. I mean, you know, you you you, you lose the the head coach, have to fit in uh, fit into a different mentality with the head coach. Um, yeah, they, that's they, not they, out of the they, they hired them within. They, yeah, you've been hearing that voice. Now, Greg, he didn't keep hearing Arian's voice, mm-hmm. but, Arian, but that's the thing that kind of got thrown around earlier in the year is that, and even in the offseason when B.A. retired, is that Bruce Arians is a laid-back player's coach. What did Tom Brady had his entire time in New England? In your face, get it right or get off my field, Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians was competitive, but he wasn't Bill. And I think it had been said that, like, oh, Brady didn't like Arians because he's like, this guy's not going to grind it out like Bill did. He's not going to grind it out like I do. Like, I don't want him here. Get out. Right? That got kind of disproved a little bit once the information that Brady was going to go to Miami with Sean Payton. And like, it, it kind of, because that happened after the fact. Arians retired happened after that fact. But mm-hmm. it kind of got, once we figured out what was going on with that, it was like, okay, that, that kind of can't play out here. But, it's just really weird, but you're right. That could be that Todd. Bo- what 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 job did Todd Bowles had before? He was the head coach of the New York Jets. What has that ever been good? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not sitting on yeah. the Jets. I'm just being honest. When has the Jets head coach in any situation gone on to have any success outside of Parcells and Belichick for one day? I can't. I can't think of a situation. I can't either. Rex Ryan's on TV now. He's the last polarizing head coach they had. That is true. Mm-hmm. So well, let me, oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, I'll uh, just on the whole Tom Brady and you know, and Tampa Bay and all that stuff. I'll use a different analogy. You. Uh, it doesn't matter on the driver, but you can't make a slow car go fast. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's a really so, good point. I mean, with that, I mean, you can't make a like, – Lee one probably the greatest quarterback of all time win the Super Bowl all because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You, yep. you give him uh, subpar <laughs> coaching or whatever, he ain't, he ain't going to win – Win the Super Bowl, or even go to the division or conference, or this case, maybe make it out of the wild card. So the the biggest thing for for I agree. The biggest thing with with Brady, one of the things that made him great outside of his his skill was, as I mentioned earlier, his his ability to elevate everyone around him. Every every single person that played with, on on a team with him, their their abilities. They 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 gave it their all and more, and because they knew know, they had to, or they were going to face wrath of God. Yeah, and and then you know he got the respect. He probably got some fear, and you know all of his all of his former teammates that that I can see. Well, you know they 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 look back on it fondly in that list. <laughs> We got here. We got here. We did this thing, you know. Um, and whatever it was, they just didn't have that file this year in poet. But, yeah, I mean, subpar or not, you get elevated when you're around him. But you can only – there's there's always a limit. There's There's, there's never – you know, it's never an infinite level of suckishness that can just immediately become a winning team. Right. With Tom Brady at the helm. And no, this year was just not the year. No. Yeah, I mean I, I can't add anything to that. I don't I don't think Josh can because at this point, like how how much can you really say what can you say else to that, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's move on here. Let's talk about the NFL head coaching hires. And, uh, well, there were two big hires this week. Uh, one is official, and the other one is unofficially official. And that is – let's start with that one first. That is Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos. Uh, the, after the Broncos agreed to a compensation deal with the Saints. Going to New Orleans is a first and second round pick. The Broncos get Sean Payton and a third round pick back. So – Gentlemen, is this a fair trade? I will start with Josh. Oh, yeah, it definitely is, I feel like, because I'm pretty sure I said about the right, like, like the pitch that Denver was going to give to the Saints were about right. So, yeah, I feel like it's fair. Yeah. Um, 
I'm a, only a bit surprised at a first round pick. I think I would have went second and a third. I mean, maybe a first and a third, but uh, the fact that they get the third round pick back, uh, albeit a future one that we don't know the the uh, uh, the year for, um, eh. But at least they got one back. So I think what is it the the first round pick of this year's draft, right? And then in the second round of twenty twenty four. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So that. But they also have a first round pick this year because of the Seahawks. Yeah. So no wait, no they gave that to uh, Seattle. My fault. I got them so mm. confused. Seattle yeah. has the high pick because they gave yeah. Yeah, and the Broncos really did screw themselves, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, Peyton wouldn't have got into it if he didn't think he couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean he he knows what he's getting into. And I have one thing to say that every Broncos ownership: shut up and do as you're told. If he says I want something, you damn well do it. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. This man has won a Super Bowl. You have not. You've done nothing in the NFL. He has. He has every bit of leverage as over you. I don't care who signed the contract as the owner. Sean Payton owns your ass. You better <laughs> do what he says. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. And I will tell that to every ownership group. Do what the head coach says. The head coach probably owns this game more than you do. Mm-hmm. Josh, if you haven't figured out, I'm very much anti-stupid owners. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, there are a lot of them in the NFL. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like the only... Kraft, the family that owns Pittsburgh, and uh, Jerry down there in Jerry's world. Uh, Are you really going to throw Jerry into the non-stupid owner category? I mean, Jerry's a bit of a of a uh, of a uh, wild card now, isn't he? Well, yeah, but <laughs> the Hunt family who owns the Chiefs now—that's a non-stupid owner. Well, mm-hmm. I don't like the Chiefs, so I know, but still. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the only thing I would say is that, that now I did I did not know this until I found it out today. No head coach has ever won a Super Bowl with two teams. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. So if Peyton gets to I, I, either that or they never got to Super Bowl with two teams. Either way, it's incredibly rare. Yeah. It would, or it would never happen. So Peyton's got his work cut out for him. And by the way, his division is Mahomes. Justin Herbert, and then whatever happens in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't get Russ straightened out and get him cooking again, then ooh, and that uh, it's going to be hard to trade him too because, uh, uh, well, he he's making a lot of money. Uh-huh. He signed through twenty twenty nine, and his salary cap his cap hit is highest after is highest this year. Upcoming year, twenty twenty three, but it's still it's still a big number. It's one hundred seven million, eighty five million, forty nine point six, thirty one point two, twelve point eight, four point one. It's a front loaded contract, but only at the be only at in twenty twenty five do you start to get cap savings on his contract. Every other time, let's say they trade him before, <clears throat> uh, let's say they trade him after June first. In twenty, I, I, okay, I take it back. If they trade him after June first, ahead of twenty twenty three, 
they only have fourteen million dead money, and they save eight million dollars on the cap. Hmm. So if he busts, they can they can clear him fairly quickly. But question is, who's going to want an aging quarterback if Sean Payton couldn't fix him? Yeah, uh, that 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 to me would be the death knell. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the perfect situation. Be. He couldn't do it. And he couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you as as Russell Wilson are, are gonna have, oh, under the command of two future Hall of Fame coaches and some other guy whose name we have since forgotten. Uh, <laughs> and if you if you can salvage your career with the second soon, uh, future Hall of Famer, uh, who? Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> It, it's it's gonna be the Broncos are gonna be must see TV just to see how this team works. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting. Um, this is kind of what I said about. Well, I mean, we'll we'll touch on this later, but I, I have more faith in the Denver Broncos than I do Western Mountaineer football team. <laughs> That's not saying a whole lot, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very, it's not a very high bar to uh, cross, but you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the other head coach first. Sec, the other head coach first. D'Amico Ryan's the new head coach of the Houston Texans. I happen to like this move, although I am skeptical because the Texans have to prove me that they're not just hiring to fire again. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing. You've hired a, a, an unknown name in David Gilly the first year under Casario. And then, no, Casario came in after the fact. So it was the whoever the hell was there first hired Gilly. And then Casario hires Lovely Smith. And it's a mm-hmm. one and done. So he, let, let's just get this out of the way first. Do you think that DeMar- D'Amico Ryan is going to be a one and done in Houston? Not uh, even if it's not by his own volition? Given their track record, it, it it's hard to say otherwise. And I mean, that's first thing I said was I already feel sorry for him because he's already looking at the former head uh, head coach of the Houston Texans line on his resume before he's even gotten in the building. Um, the, the 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 really good thing though is that you know he's got direct ties with the organization. He was a player there, and he's coming off of being a pretty successful uh, position with the Niners. So he, he's, he's got uh, at least JJ Watt behind him. If nothing else that you want him on your side. Oh yeah. And you know, a really effective track record, you know, in being, uh, you know, in coaching positions. So I, I think that They've they have seemingly set themselves up to get somewhere. Again, it'll take a little while, uh, but give it give it time. Give it more than a damn year, and we might actually see a little something. Well, see, the running theory is that this is going to be the year that they buck that that whole thing because they're going to get a franchise quarterback in the draft, probably Bryce Young, and they're going to build around it. But then again. 
see the Jacksonville Jaguars. Different situation, but they still did a one-and-done head coach. Mm-hmm. So, with a franchise quarterback, they took. Yep. So, it's like, okay, I, I, I hope he does well there. And I just not against the Patriots. And I <laughs> hope he, and I hope he, that he stays for more than one year. This would, I mean, it'll hurt program sales for whatever the head coach is worth in program sales. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to buy a program every time. <laughs> they they didn't even do that in the NFL when you and I were in Charlotte, which disappointed me to no end. Because uh, I always buy a program wherever. Yeah, I, I, I was very surprised that the, that I didn't see any. Because um, heck, I would I would have gotten one for myself. Oh well, but it's still like you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to, new, you shouldn't have to learn who the new head coach is every year. <clears throat> Yeah. No matter what sport you're in, what organization you're in, trust me, I know yeah. my club fired their head coach last week. Yep. In soccer. I mean, it really, it, when it, when you start going through that many, you know, head coaches, it, it starts becoming more of a GM ownership problem than it does the coach. You are preaching to the choir, my friend. I mean, really. One, it either proves that you can't pick them, or you can't recognize what might be there, or both. Uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more, more often, it's it seems to be you can't pick them. But either way, that's a problem for any organization. If you can't pick a, a head coach, then why the hell are you in your position other than to sit at your desk all day? Yeah. As simple as that. I, I think it's still just going to be interesting with how much season plays out. Yeah, I mean, that division, I mean, we think the Jags are going to be good next year. <clears throat> the Titans, Titans are kind of the wild card, and then the Colts need a new head. The Colts are probably going to rebuild as much as the Texans are. But the Texans should, should be like a year ahead of them. If I really hate the head coach. I really hope they keep Saturday as the head coach. He got a second interview. Did, did he yeah, he, he did. Yeah. yeah. I think honestly, I think I think he'd, he'd be a good head coach. He's a he's a, he's a different time. Uh, in I, my I, opinion, I, I mean, I don't disagree because I think the Colts' problems go beyond the head coach, <clears throat> as in they have no quarterback. Yeah. But. That's a GM thing, and I like the GM there. I really do. I think he's a good GM. I it's thought valid. the GM was a chick. I, I I thought the GM of that team was a female. Nope. No. So I'm gonna pay attention to other teams besides Pittsburgh. <laughs> to, to to my knowledge, there's not a there's not a female GM in, in any sport. No, there is one in baseball. The Miami Marlins GM is a is is a female. But to my knowledge, that's the only one. Mm-hmm. See, no, I, it just, it, that's why I thought. But no, I I like the GM there. I think he's I think he's smart. He rebuilt the offensive line, although it was after Andrew Luck left, so it was kind of pointless. <laughs> uh, but, I mean. Um...
Uh oh. Baby interference. Anyway. What? Nothing's going on. Okay, you you were you were saying uh what was he saying? Oh, there is actually is there is a female assistant GM. Huh. Cleveland Where? Browns. Huh. Well that would be. Yeah, uh her name is Catherine Riash. I don't know how to say it. It has a weird little thingy above the eye, so I'm just gonna say <laughs> It looks French, so now, I'll just leave it at that. You know the irony of us bringing this up is February is <clears throat> National Women and Girls in Sports Month. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like I said, show, show how much I know. <laughs> so yeah, we were on we were on uh, theme live and knowing it. That's how good we are. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> let's move on to the games though uh, let's see where should we start the team that I hate the team that Josh hates <laughs> that's my yeah, I'm the host I'm going to start with the game actually I'm going to start with the game, team that Josh hates because I want to get that out of the way because uh, I want all the time in the world to rant uh, so Darren what do you think of the AFC Championship game uh Depressing more than anything, <laughs> and, and that's that's just because yeah, I I have relegated that the Bengals are a bandwagon team, uh, and I I openly admit that I bandwagon them. I I they were a fan because I like Joey Bo the end, uh, and that's really where it start, where it ends. But you know, there's also some poor Patriots on there, so so I'll take that. And at one point, I don't know if Quentin Spain's still on there, but Quentin Spain was there. I hope not. I hate Quentin Spain. Uh, just because he was a Mountaineer. Other than that, I'll you know that that's where my loyalty ends. Um, but uh, it, 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 apparently, there was universal hatred over not just this game, but both games in terms of the officiating among them all, especially on the Cincinnati one. And, and uh, without me having seen the exact uh, uh, instances in question, uh, a lot of people were very pissed. I can see why. <laughs> yeah. The, the weirdest thing to me was the, was the whole, um, well, the Chiefs got award an extra down. That that kind of aggravated me. And now, yeah. granted, it was because I was rooting for the Bengals and the Bengals stopped the Chiefs on that third down. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn it! I mean, that's that, not. Uh, when when do we see this type these types of mistakes? Never. And to see them in the one of the biggest games of the year, right? The two most important games of the year outside the outside the one that's left. Like you to see it then and to have such an impact then is ridiculous. It was rude. The, and and to, to to not give credence to that, but to to say it it does <laughs> it, it 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 makes it really hard to think that that things like that won't right like. The the way both of the these games went, and the way a lot of these playoffs went, it just it it just feels too 
too it feels scripted and to not say it is but it feels very oddly scripted you know yeah and that's it, not to suggest it really is i i don't really believe that but i don't either but it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't mean right yeah it doesn't mean that that people are wrong for kind of going what the hell was all of this? In what world does any of this make any sense? And how it does in in these games? How does it? How does anyone get away with it? Right. I, mean, right? I, I don't believe it, but I can see how people do. Yeah. I can, I can see it. Mm. But you know what? I mean, the, the the Chiefs. We all know how good they are. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they're. I don't think they're going to be in the. I, They've got as every good chance to win this game as the Eagles do. Fly, Eagles fly. No. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Josh? He and I were talking about this. Darren and I were out, outside of the out of our group, little group chat. Explain your hatred of the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't have your beat button working, so no, I will just refrain. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can't argue with that. And plus, it wouldn't be politically correct. So I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> I can't argue with any of that. <sighs> okay. I swear, well, you know what? This is I'm curious. When we get done, I want your explanation after the show. Because I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So let's move on now to the NFC game. And look. Darren and I have been going on about how this Eagles team is not as good as everyone thinks they are for Bible pretty much all season. And I will continue to stand by that for one reason. <laughs> they beat a 49ers team with no quarterback. Literally. Literally. The, I, now, that's the, no excuse to the defense, but at the same time. Right. And the 49ers defense did not play all that poorly. They just got gashed a few times. Yeah. It wasn't like like a few big plays go another way, and that's a closer game. I mean, let's just go back and watch. It wasn't a, a complete domination like everyone thinks it was. If Brock Purdy had stayed in there, it would have been a little bit different with an, with a healthy elbow. Yeah. But yeah. Like, and Josh Johnson was starting to figure it out a little bit before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was – relatively, you know, comparatively close at that point when he started to figure it out. And then next thing you know, bonk. Right. Literally. So, so, this, so this Eagles team is not as good as you think it is. I'm not, like, I, I'm not saying it's a bad team. Because it isn't. But it's not a great team. And the only way they're going to become a great team in my eyes is if they win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a Kansas City team who is absolutely good with even a one-legged Patrick Mahomes. So if you do that, fine. I respect it. I hate it. I respect it, but I hate it. I still don't think it, 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 it's a call back to the 2014 season when Ohio state had no goddamn chance, a shot of being in, in the CFP. They should not have been there if they took the whole thing away. I still, to this day, do not believe they deserve to be there. And it will effectively be the same thing if, if Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl. The only reason Ohio State got in is because they killed Wisconsin. If that game had even been remotely close, they wouldn't have gotten in. <laughs> yeah. 59 nothing in the conference championship game was pretty conclusive. Yeah. It, yeah. So, just 
to mention this because art. <laughs> um, sorry, the kids are being loud. Um, let me think. Let me do mental math. Thirteen, no, thirteen or fourteen years ago today. Pittsburgh defeated the Arizona Cardinals in Super Bowl XL3. I can't remember what number that is. 43. Yes. Yep. Super Bowl 43 to capture their sixth Lombardi trophy. Mm. And the Patriots and... passed him some years later. Mm. Only because of Tom Brady. Mm. If it and a wonderful Tom... guy. <laughs> the... the... Oh, well, since we're on the topic of, of Super Bowl history, what was it? Eight years today, Malcolm Butler picked picked off Russell Wilson, (laughs) to win the fourth. When they could have just just won it, they should. They I I will never disagree with that. They should have. The Patriots should not have won that Super Bowl, but but they did. Uh huh. I will never forget. And I will. I was on campus at Concord, and uh, my roommate hated the Patriots. And he knew I was a Vegas me. How could you not? And so I, I got down there like right before the game started. And I, I got like a front row seat. And I fell out of my chair in excitement <laughs> and when, that, when, when that pass got picked off. And I looked right at him. He was sitting across the room. And I looked at him. I didn't even say anything. And he was just like, oh, God, this guy's going to be insufferable tonight. <laughs> and he's right. I was. <laughs> See, I was. And I didn't have class until like 1 o'clock the next day. So I'm like. <laughs> I get I to really piss you off, buddy. One one of the the guy who lived next to me was a a, a Panthers fan in, in in my dorm that year. But his friend that would come visit uh, and hang out was a Patriots fan. So at right at the end of that game, you know, I, I hear him scream down the hallway and. And just excited, and he knocks on my door because he he knew I was a, a Pats fan just because he'd seen me in my my jersey that I wore on my routinely after victories, and just remembered I was next door. And then we're just yelling down the hallway <laughs> for a minute, and I'm like, okay, I gotta stop before the OA gets pissed at me. And uh, it it was it it was just good time. I mean, because at that point it had been. Nine years, ten, ten years, ten, ten years, Nine, yeah. Since, ten, yeah. since I had watched my team win a championship, uh, and funnily enough, I had just, I had just gotten gifted a, a, a Tom Brady jersey that Christmas. To the uh, point where you were convinced that when you got gifted a jersey, the Patriots were on to win the game. Yeah, because when I got gifted a Rob Gronkowski jersey two years later. They 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 crafted the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, and then what happens next year? I don't get a Super Bowl, I don't get a I don't get a Josie, and they lose the Super Bowl. You know, I'm going to buy you a Josie this year because I want one to get. I want one the Super Bowl. <laughs> were they authentic jerseys? First time they were Yes, no, they they were they were all authentic jerseys. I have. Fuck. I, I, I have that kind of money. I have a a a Brady jersey. Um, the the first year that they changed the logo, that because oh. and I have a now I have an uh, a Tom Brady jersey that's actually it's in possession of Brandon right now, uh, in his closet. A forty. How did a super, he end up with it? Um, 
I think I let him I use it for like football. a. I think I let him use it for like a Spirit Week thing because his uh, his high school was the Patriots, Pocus Poke South, and um, and I just never got it back from him. Uh, but it's a Super Bowl Forty Two jersey, and um, uh, that was before they switched to Nike. I think I think it's a Reebok jersey. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, so I have that one, and then I have the Rob Gronkowski jersey, and then I bought myself when they would discounting all the jerseys when they switch to the new uh the new jerseys uh an edelman jersey uh so yeah i have the pages of the edelman sign and you were there yes sir and i have the and i have the ball sitting right behind me that edelman signed <laughs> ah three times super bowl champ mm-hmm. and an mvp yes <laughs> Anyway, Josh. Anyway. <laughs> Reminiscing. Uh, Good times. Yes. Oh, I totally but zoned yes. out on y'all. My, my kids are being loud and they, and they won't he, be quiet. He, he's so. like, y'all talking about the Patriots? Yeah. So, since we're mentioning Patriots memorabilia that we have signed, Josh, do you own any signed Steelers memorabilia or any, or any particularly special Steelers memorabilia? Uh, I, got the, I got a terrible towel. I that can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and I have my Steelers hoodie that Luchas sees about every day. Yeah. <laughs> on so, but that, no, I don't really have much. We got to get I've, we got to get more science stuff. I've I kind of I kind of stopped sports collecting. The last thing I bought for sports <clears> collecting. Was I bought a Freddie Freeman baseball card before he left the Braves because I was convinced he was going to leave. And I'm like, I want this in case he... I, actually, I didn't... Okay. I wasn't convinced. I was fearful he would. And I'm like, I want something that says Freddie Freeman Braves before he may or may not leave. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, all, all I've been spending my money on the last few years is model train stuff. I know. <laughs> I know. $10,000 worth of stuff. Yeah, that's not a brag. You don't have a layout to run it on. Oh well, he'll get that one day. Yeah, it'll yeah, be way better than mine. I'm buying a 14 by 40 building here sometime next couple months. Ooh, it's gonna be a triple deck. Oh lord, <laughs> I can only imagine the operations on that thing. That's gonna drive <clears throat> me. That's gonna drive me crazy trying to figure out which track is which. Did I not send you those pictures? Yeah, but it's still like you're gonna need your own dispatcher to figure things out, and every and like a yard master every five miles. <clears throat> well, I mean, no, it's pretty easy. Like you got town A. <clears throat> another time, Josh. Another time. Fine. <laughs> we got we got more to talk about. Let's talk about the NFC Championship game. Slide did we, we already went over the NFC Championship game. Why am I saying let's bring it up again? <laughs> but, oh yeah, I was going to get to my rant. That's why. As a lesson to Eagles fans, stop breaking shit. Yeah, please. Okay? Just stop. It, it, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why I didn't want the, the Eagles to win. It wasn't that <clears> I don't like the team, which I don't. But it was that I knew what was going to happen if they won. The fans <clears throat> were going to forget every ounce of manners they may or may not have had. 
It's Philadelphia. I don't think they have a whole lot, but that's another discuss, discuss for another day. Here's the thing. If you think your team is as good as – if your team is really as good as you think it is, you don't celebrate a conference championship game. Ask Darren or I. Hey, Darren, have you ever bought anything that says conference championship on it? Never. Not, because that's not what it's about, is it? Nope. Not even – not division championships, not conference. Nope. None of it. If your team is as good as you think <clears throat> it is, you only celebrate the Super Bowl. That's the only thing worth celebrating. Don't celebrate the fact that you got there. Don't celebrate the fact that you beat the 49ers. Don't, don't, don't. Just go, yay, and then move on. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee the team did. Okay? The team, they followed the team. Yeah. It's, you got one more. Hold the celebrations for then. And, I, and, it, the job's not done yet, boys. No. And, and, and if you for some godforsaken reason, win that game. Do not shit in the streets like you did the last time. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I've been thinking about that. Uh. I looked at it this way. I guess it might just be my outside perspective on everything. All because you made it this year doesn't mean you'll make it next year. Doesn't mean you'll make it the year after that. And therefore, you know, and on and on. Okay, granted, it might have been, you know, a little overdone. <laughs> but let's be fair here. The Eagles have not been a, you know, a really good team. Like, how many times have they been to the Super Bowl? Like, was this, like, this, their third time? I think this is the third fourth. time in the millennia, fourth. at least, and then the fourth time overall. Yes. Okay. Darren's right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Screw it. Just let, just let them have fun. I mean, uh, I mean, no. I look at... Look at Tennessee. Who the hell did they win against? And they freaking threw their damn goalpost into the into the Tennessee River. Okay, but was that hurting him up the university's pocketbook? No. Okay? They swung the field. That's part of it. Pulled the goalpost down. Do you see anyone getting hurt from that? No. I saw people breaking a freaking bus stop from their weight and crashing to the ground. There's a difference. <laughs> and you know what? I, I mean, granted, I don't condone it, but I'm slightly impressed. I, <laughs> well, yeah, there's some impress- impressiveness there. The the thing that I, that gets me is yes, be happy, be excited. You know, celebrations can occur, but to, as with any celebration, that there's you, there's got to be some limits, and especially for a conference championship celebration, you get, there's no reason for it to get that crazy. Um, but I mean, the city shouldn't be having to grease up your 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 telephone poles and your light poles so that you don't go climbing them and getting, you know, hurt or breaking them down and, you know, costing the city money. And in the case of Tennessee, as Lizu just mentioned, they they were like, yeah, storm the field. We'll we'll pay the fine. Whoop de doo. Um the end. But as far as I'm aware, none nobody in the city went out and well defecated on the sidewalk. <laughs> I mean, that is also fair, but yeah. uh, I don't See, know. I, I just, being happy is fine. I, I, nothing wrong with that, but there are limits for everyone. It, it, it all goes back to me to something, and, and you asked this question in our group chat this this week, Josh. Who has the most – what was the word you used? In, like, toxic the, fan cre- base. Toxic, yeah. There we go. Toxic. That's what I put into us that – Whatever reason, I was thinking the word insufferable, but toxic is the word you used. I said soccer fans, and I, I, I go back to Argentina. 
yes, they won the World Cup, but I'm not talking about the National Club Soccer in Argentina. There's a rivalry there between Boca Juniors and River Plate. They're two clubs. I think they're both in the same city. I don't know that for sure, but I've seen videos and stuff of their uh, of the, of their rivalry of the of the atmosphere around their <clears> games. These are games where people have died because they have not uh, they have not. The like I root for River Plate, you root for Boca Juniors. Therefore, I believe you should die. Chido. Mm-hmm. I, I I okay. In fair, I let me let me let me clarify that before I go on. I'm fairly certain I've seen that, but I can't tell you an instance of when. So don't quote me on that. But I think that's a, 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 something that's happened. Okay, I just I want to make that abundantly clear. But these are people who believe, <clears throat> and this is not just. Argentina in this. This is Europe in general, who believe that like having a like firecrackers and fire and stuff in the stands is an atmosphere. That's dangerous, <clears throat> is what it is. Mm-hmm. Ask Jason like, Pierre Paul. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> had to go there. Sorry. You had to. I mean, it was right there. So here's the thing, and it goes back to one thing, to me. These people build their entire lives around this, around those clubs, and nothing else matters to them. They have no life outside of that. Nothing. If the team loses, they may as well be on death row that week until they go back again. I I feel like the Philadelphia fans have done the same thing to their team, and I hate it because here's the thing. Yes, I met the Patriots lost. I'm mad the Patriots aren't in the playoffs. But I know that life still goes on regardless of how the Patriots do that week. Okay? I If the Patriots win the Super Bowl again, I'm not going to go destroy any property, mine or, or wherever I'm living. Okay? I'm not going to do it. I don't understand why anyone can get so caught up in a football team or an NHL team or a baseball team <clears> or whatever where – your entire life is dependent on that, and you think it's okay to destroy the people's property or your own public property, which you, by paying taxes, partially own, for the sake of celebrating anything. I don't understand it. I really don't. And it, 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 it's a problem. It's a genuine problem that people <clears throat> have no other thing to look forward to. That Yes, I know all about how sports can be an escape. I know that. Mm-hmm. My mom died in the middle of football season. I used football to cover it up. I know that. But I also understand life goes on without it. Okay? We, we need to get that to people's heads. The perspective is a great thing. I recommend Philadelphia get some. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I do agree with you, but I don't know. I, I guess I look at it both ways. <clears throat> so, I mean, I can get it, but still. Speaking of people that take their team a lot very seriously, let's talk about college football. <laughs> let's do go we have into to? That. Yes, we do. <laughs> let's talk about college because the Big Twelve and therefore West Virginia University released their football <clears throat> schedule on Tuesday. And we got to talk about it. So, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the schedule off to you game by game. And we're not going to play the schedule game yet, but 
we, I get a feeling we probably will get up in the playing schedule game at some point because I think Josh is going to make it so we play the schedule game. Uh, what? The schedule game is when we go through, we pick each game. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid that tonight, but I get a feeling we're going to end up doing it anyway. <clears throat> so, so here's the schedule in its entirety uh, from week one to week 13 Sands Big 12 Championship. Because we all know West Virginia is not going to bat. Step uh, <clears throat> second. Everything's on a Saturday for now. It hasn't been. Oh, excuse, wait. I didn't catch this. Houston, we go to Dana's place on a Thursday night. Wow. Yeah, we're going to lose that. on a Thursday night. Yeah. Anyway, we start at Penn State, then we come home for Duquesne, Pitt, and Texas Tech in that order. Go to the defending national runners up TCU. Have an office before going to Houston. That's why Thursday. And then come home for Oklahoma State at UCF, BYU at Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and then at Baylor to close out the season. West Virginia avoids Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and Texas this season. So, gentlemen, I will start with Darren this time. What says you for the 2023 schedule for the West Virginia University Mountaineers? One, I had no idea Duquesne even had a football team. Let's, I'll just, I had no idea. Uh, I thought they were only a basketball school. Uh, I did. <laughs> um, I shouldn't surprise you, though. True. Um, I, I, of of them all, honestly, because I like to give Texas shit, I am actually very disappointed that they're not playing Texas. Uh, horns down. But, horns, horns down. down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, 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 it doesn't surprise me that they, they get lumped, or that they get lumped in with all of the new guys. Uh, two of them make sense anyway because of the um, obvious ties uh, in Houston and Cincinnati. Uh, well, Pitt obviously, but that's that was already pre-scheduled. But in terms of Houston and, and Cincinnati showing up on the board, well, they knew what games were going to sell right, at least. Um, so. Does anyone in Houston really care about it? The whole they probably, West Virginia? They probably don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> really? Um, it's it's a one-sided... Yeah, it's a one-sided hatred, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably our case with most of the Big 12. Most of the Big 12 was like... Who are you? Okay, so... <laughs> I... You took away everything. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think I know who I am either. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, me. <laughs> Josh, what says you? About what? Schedule. W will go three and nine. Beating. Uh Cincy. The uh D teams I might even try to pronounce. Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that does not look like that. When you look at that name on paper, it does not look like... Welcome whatever. to the English language, Josh. <laughs> I hate it. Where, where the letters are made up, but the points don't matter. Um, and, uh, eat, and, and, of course, we're going to make Pitt eat shit. So. There we go. Yeah, so. Hey, if we beat Pitt, I can almost live for three and nine. Yeah, honestly, uh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I would like to beat BYU for one reason. 
I have relatives that are Mormon and who went to BYU, and it'd be nice to have a little bit of the up on the on the family. So <laughs> that's the one reason I'd like to pick BYU. They have nothing well, that's an interesting B- family member. Have, have nothing against BYU. Not a thing. But I'd like to beat them there. Mm-hmm. I still reason. find it funny that it's, it's been within like the last decade that they started allowing uh, Coke products to be sold on campus. Right. That was surprising. I didn't know this quick detour. I didn't know this until actually this past football season that because of the, in the, in that, in that faith, they're not really supposed to drink like caffeine or anything in the morning. Mm-hmm. People would, uh, or coffee. Sometimes people, and I actually did this later on. Like I, I got bored. I was at a football game. The game was only for like two hours. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to play on my phone. So I found it out that people would sometimes take coffee creamer and put it in their cola. And that's what they would do in the mornings. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. I tried it and it wasn't that bad. I would <clears> do it again. See how it would work. I mean, it'd be, it'd be the same thing along the lines of like the, the mixing actual milk with your, your cola, mostly Coke what? or Pepsi. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I, I it, yeah. Look it up. I mean, I guess that's fair because I mean, sometimes when I, whenever I eat cereal, I will drink Coke with cereal. Yeah, if I have it. I mean, it's it's effectively no different than a than like a a, a soda float. Uh, it's just the ice cream's not frozen. <laughs> He's right. I mean, it basically is. So yeah, <clears throat> I didn't know that. And I, <clears throat> since you brought that up, you're right. It's also not that in all that long because West Virginia played BYU. Mm-hmm. You played him in 2013, 14, someone that it was in DC. Yeah, it was at the it was at the Ben Redskins place. The the hellhole known as FedEx Field. <laughs> yep. That may not exist much longer. Yeah. 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 It won't whether be that anybody's helping. Whether by they bought a new stadium or they fell in one of the two. Yeah. I I, I bet on falling in first, honestly. <laughs> they're they're talking about that. They're they're gonna build that new stadium over in the Virginia side of DC. Maybe oh. once they get a new ownership, they'll figure it out. I was going to say, once they get... Snyder's got to sell. Snyder's not leaving that place. There's no way. I don't see... He's too, he's too crazy to move. To move. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, so Josh gave his, uh, his, his prediction. Darren, give me a win number. Uh... They ain't getting above five hundred. Oh. I, I I don't think I, I I don't know. They might barely hit five hundred. Uh, we better go to we better go to a freaking bowl game. Yeah, yeah. If we don't go to a bowl game, Neil we out. Neil Brown's out for sure. I, I'd even argue if they make a bowl game and they lose, he's probably out. That'd be too, well. Actually, that'd be a pretty bad bowl game. They might have a chance, but. In the world of college football, you've got to make that decision like now at yeah. the end of the season. So it's got to be. I don't want to be in Ben Baker's spot. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he decided to keep around for the sake of actually having witnessed, you know, the 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 team and and the programs. Which I don't blame him. I I don't blame him for doing that. It's a smart move. Um, it's going to make all of us frustrated in the end when the outcome's the same, but on his part, it's a very smart move. Well, they did get one. <clears throat> they did get one uh, 
jolt, and that is that TJ Donaldson is staying with the team. We all thought he was transferring, and now he's staying. So the running back core got a lot better. Yes. Um, he he made a spark, and he made it, and he kept it going. Um, I'm I'm very glad that he decided to come back. Uh, I don't know what it is that changed his mind, but I'm I'm glad. He said that he used a school that fits him really well. He figured that out. <clears throat> well, I I I would agree with him. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I don't want I don't want to see a whole lot of throwing the ball this year. You've got Garrett Green and C. Donaldson. Run the hell out of that ball. Mm-hmm. There was zero. There was there was zero things wrong with being a running team. Ask Chris and, Rodriguez. And you know, for all we know, Garrett has a a, a large amount of improvement and is able to throw a, a bit more because he he was able to make a bit more uh, plays this year when he did play uh, when he was out there. And it was nice to see. So hopefully we continue to see that improvement. And maybe they don't have to rely on the run game. But I do believe, and I still stand by, the run game is their strongest part right now. And they need to hammer on it. Run the ball and play good defense. Mm-hmm. One of the you is watching again, band it now. Yep. <clears throat> I think, truthfully, I think they can get Texas Tech at home. They generally do, we generally get our ass beat down there, but we generally squeak out a win against them in Morgantown. So I think we can get Tech. So uh, you're not beating Penn State. There's no way. You're just not. You'll beat Duquesne. We hope we beat Pitt. You can go in that TCU game three and one. It's not an awful situation to be in. You're halfway to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. TCU, eh, probably not. Houston. I hope to God they beat this because I want to beat Holgerson so freaking badly. Oklahoma State breaking in a new quarterback. It's in Morgantown, so give it to me. You'll, I think they'll beat UCF. <clears throat> I think, I think they can beat BYU. Oklahoma going through there, you're not going to beat them there. Cincinnati, I don't know what to make of Scott Satterfield yet. There, I think he's a good coach. I like what he did at Louisville, but I just don't know how he'll fit in Cincinnati. I can't call that one yet, and I don't like uh, Amanda Baylor, so I can't. <clears throat> I can't give Baylor anything. We gotta, we gotta beat him. Yeah. I know what Josh is gonna say. You're optimistic. Stop being that. <laughs> for that record, for that match, what you're gonna say, Darren? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. You you don't like uh, when I'm optimistic. I know you don't. <laughs> no, it's a nice balance. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I I am fully aware that I'm overly pessimistic in in many occasions. <laughs> At least you're aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering how this was up with it. <laughs> if she's not more uh, pessimistic than I know her, so. And I admit I've only met her a few times, so I can't judge her personality based on that. <laughs> hey, Josh. What? Want to talk some racing? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. All right. Let's start with that big race out in L.A. this week. Oh, okay. We're going that way. Okay. <clears throat> Well, okay. You know what? Why am I? Why am I doing this? It's your segment. You go right ahead. 
Well, I just sent go over to the Rolex 24 this weekend at the Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Daytona International Speedway. Um, well, it was a good race. I didn't watch all of it because I was working like I was. That's all I do. But it, it was actually a good race. Um, I, let me pull up the full results because there are so many different classes, you know, it, it's hard to um, go through it all. It, so the overall victory was Meyer Shanks Racing in the Acura ARS-06. It's a pretty nice looking car. Um, this is the GTP class I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Brand new class to the, well, it's not brand new. It has been revived, basically. Um, <clears throat> the overall winner was Tom Bloomquist, Colin Braun, Elio Castroneves, a.k.a. Spider-Man, and Simon Pagano. Their fastest lap was a 135-616. They, they ran 783 laps in the 24 yeah, hours Lord. of that race. Um, following up by LMP2, this is where the finish was amazing. In LMP2, it was separated by 16 hundredths of a second. 24-hour <laughs> race, separated by 16 hundredths of a mm-hmm. second. That's, that's where that knowing everything, every little mechanic, having that plan down to a T just works so wonderfully. I um, mean, one small mistake, right? And that guy loses. Oh, dude, it was amazing. Like, the guy that won in the LMP2 class, he was in second coming through the, coming through the back straight ch- uh, chicane and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's, he used the lap car as a pit and went around um, the, the, the uh, current leader, which was Ben Haley, Matt, Matt McMurray, Esteban Giratires, uh, and George Kurtz. Um that was the cloud strike racing vehicle. Vehicle. Mm. Um, then, then uh, I'm trying to go through because, like, they don't. When it comes to sports car racing, when they do the overall, they don't have it broken down by. Oh, this is who won this. This is like this is the full rundown. So actually, the LMP2 winner finished in seventh. Uh, the the LMP3 winner finished in fifteenth. And the closest finisher to the in the LMP LMP three class to that to that team that won was in the hold on twenty ninth. They ran seven hundred twenty five laps, and the winner ran. Let me go back up. Give me a second, guys. Seven hundred thirty seven laps. That class, the the LMP three class, had a ton of engine failures throughout the race. Dang. So, you know, then GTD winner finishing 16th. And uh, that was Marco uh, Sorensen, Ian James, Darren Turner, and I ain't going to try to re- say his name. Sorry, bud. Roman D. Angelis. Angelis. However, I'm not the best when it comes to pronounce a name. And in the GT Pro, in the GTD Pro class, it was uh, Jules Gunnan, Mario Engel, Cooper McNeil, and I'm not even gonna try to butcher that. So yeah, that that was that. 
the same Rolex 24. Their next race is, I want to say, the 12 hours of Sebring over in Florida. Ooh-wee. Um, That's in a couple weeks. I'm going to pull that up. Yeah, 12 hours Sebring. That is March 15th through the 18th. So they have a nice little off week, off month. So they do, so they go back racing at the 3.74 mile airport racetrack conglomeration thing and the mobile one 12 hours of Sebring. Um, let's go ahead and slide on over to NASCAR. So the LA Coliseum races this year, they're going back to Coliseum. They've done, built a track in, in, the, in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. It is no longer a football field. It's a damn racetrack, guys. Um, there will be 26 uh, drivers in that race plus one. I'm going to call it Champions Provisional, even though it's not that. It's going to be basically the highest finisher in points that did not make the show in qualifications or the heat races is going to be the 27th and being the 27th starting place. It's excluding Joe Logano. He's in the field no matter what, where he's our champion from last year. So if basically like if Ross Chastain, who finished second, does not make the show on raw speed, he will get his, a champion provisional. I'm saying this in, in quotation marks. And to be starting shotgun to the field that very dead last. Um, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'll be honest. I kind of almost kind of forgot that the bush like clash at the LA Coliseum was this weekend. It just for some reason my dates and everything's mixed, mixed up. And it's, but but I mean this is where we're going to be at to kick off the 75th year of NASCAR. NASCAR's been around for 75 years and. We're kicking it off on a quarter mile asphalt oval. <laughs> Do you? I, I saw this. I was watching NASCAR race up earlier. Do you know how much a house was when NASCAR started in 1948? Oh, Average price of a house? Boy. Probably a lot less than what I could afford now. I'm I'm gonna say like three thousand dollars. You're a little bit under, Darren. Uh. Josh, do you want to give me a guess? Well, I say about four or five. Seven thousand seven hundred dollars. Yeah, well, yeah. that's still oh, that's yeah. It's a lot less now. And you're gonna have now a hard time finding now. anything around me cheaper than like two twenty five. That's even in decent condition. What are you talking about? You gotta look at where I live. I'm uh I'm up in uh Western Maryland. I, yeah. I know exactly where you yeah. are. You up there in Hagerstown? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, all the town. all the houses immediately around me. Uh, I'm in a townhouse, but uh, the actual houses around me clock upwards of four fifty. Dang on, uh, um, they aren't nice though. For a four bed, two bath house down here, it's about three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars, if not more, depending on where you're at. Yeah. yeah well, no. you. I mean, you got to remember, I'm in Charlotte. I live mm-hmm. on Lake Wiley. It's a pretty big, busy yeah. area. Um, just to go over the, the format for the clash, um, <clears throat> there's going to be four heat races consisting of 10 drivers. The top five finishers in each heat will advance to run the main event, which will be the, you know, the clash positions 21 through 26 in the starting lineup will be 
uh, set by drivers who raced their way in by finishing the top three in the two last chance qualifier races. And then I already mentioned about the 27th position. Um, there has been some rule changes. Uh, no longer will there be staged cautions on road courses. It's the only race that will still have them is the standalone races for the the, the Craftsman Truck Series. I'm so happy to be able to say that again. And the Xfinity Series. Um, I think Portland, Mid-Ohio, and Road America. Portland and Road America for the Xfinity Series truck race at Mid-Ohio. Mid because, because they won't have live pit stops there. Um... Let's see what else have they done. Um, they outlawed the last Chastain move. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I think that's stupid. What is that? You remember me showing you? No, hold on. Let's I might have. Numbers. I just don't know. Like, I, I'm not a good with me... taking the names, putting things. Go ahead. Do you remember me showing you a video last year of a guy running along the wall and shooting up? Like, yes. Of yeah. The one where he said, "I don't know. I did it in video games. And it worked." That one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember his name. But yep, yep, I remember that. The watermelon shuffle. <laughs> um but yeah, they they banned that, which I don't agree with, but whatever. Did they give Should an actual it. explanation for that? Or did they just say, nah, you can't it's do it anymore? Forget the explanation. Fail. <laughs> it's bait well actually it's already a rule. Already on that, but NASCAR just didn't want to, you know, do that and cause a big uproar, uproar on everything. So that's why they didn't do it. Um, so that's that. Um, Garage Fifty Six Project, which is the NASCAR next gen car, of course modified to run in sports car racing, will be racing at Le Mans. In 24, the whole Garage 55 project is basically bringing in different fuel types or a different idea for a car or whatever. That, that's the whole idea on that. Um, so, but the lineup is going to be Jimmy Johnson, uh, Mike Rockefeller, and Jensen Button, former Formula One champion. I can't wait. That you race know, I is, can't wait. That race is going to be June 10th through the 11th because it's another 24-hour race in France. They shut down the streets in France and they race high-power race cars for 24 hours. If you ever seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari, this is basically what that movie revolves around. I love that movie. Darren, you, you uh, need to watch that movie. I, I mean, is, I know you're a not movie. a racing fan, but I, I think I think you'd even like it. It's a good movie. It's a little bit long, the truth, but it's a good movie. Um, I'm looking at but, a I'm looking at a list here, Josh. Tell me about the the uh, cars can run in wet conditions uh, for oh. ovals. Oh yeah, yeah. That that that's gonna be a fun time. Um, so on, I, let me let me pull up the race tracks just so I get the right race tracks. It's basically all the tracks under a mile. Excluding like Bristol and Dover because they're high bank. But basically, I've got all it. your I've got it right here. The Clash, 
Lucas Oil Raceway Park, Martinsville, Milwaukee, New Hampshire, North Wilkesboro, Phoenix, and Richmond. Yeah. So basically what they're doing, okay, so they're not going to race in a damn downpour. It's basically going to be once the rain stops to get the cars back on the track sooner and stay away for the track to be completely dry, they're going to bolt some wet, wet weather tires on these cars and send them out to the pasture and let's see and let's and let's see how it goes. I am so excited for this. Like y'all don't even understand. I think it's gonna be so much fun to watch. It will be interesting. I'll, I will say that because previously wet weather tires have been employed at like road courses. Yep. But the, and again, because we're not going like 185 mile an hour down Watkins Glen, <laughs> so we we can do that a little bit more. Yeah. You know. And, and they're not going to get up to 185 in Martinsville. They might be lucky to get up to 85. So, unless uh, unless you're Ross Chastain, unless you're Ross Chastain, and you hit true. 120 going through turns three and four. Also um, true. But just so I can go ahead and put this one here for y'all for the Clash of Coliseum: four 25 lap heat races, two 50 lap lap chance races, and a 150 lap feature with a break at lap 75 in the middle. On a quarter um, mile track, pretty much, right? Yeah. This that's gonna go like right quick. They are gonna be lapping each other down by lap five. <laughs> I am picking by lap five, there will be somebody lapped down in this race. I just hope I already know that's all I hope. I don't care who's on the forty eight or any of the of the legacy motor club guys now because that's why the team now that Jimmy's there. Five. That's that's who I'm rooting for. I'd laugh if they're the first ones to get left down. I know, and you won't let me in the end of it. Nope, I won't. I'm sorry, but I won't. Now, talk to me about this. The shoes rule in place for more races. Tell me about that. Oh, well, that's, that's actually news to me. I'm not, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it right the, here. The shoes rule is something that from the lower ranks of auto racing, like short tracks. Um... I'm pulling it up so I just kind of just know what changed because I didn't know that was even changing. I've not heard. Oh, they're going to do it for super speedways and road courses. Hell yeah. Oh, God, that's going to be a shit show going into some of these road courses. That's going to be a shit show at Daytona. Hey, man, not, not, no, I'm not worried about Daytona Talladega because, you know, they're showing full throttle. Um, so, Laura, here's a bunch of – all right, let's see here. All right. So right here's all the rule changes for this year. So we done covered the uh, wet weather tires for the short tracks. Um, the the wheel violation is changing this year. Instead of the four race suspension from last year, if a car loses the wheel on pit road, the team will have to serve a pass through penalty under green flag conditions. Or, and if the wheel is lost on pit road during a caution, the team will have to start restart at the end of the field. Now, if the tire is if the wheel comes off on track, the team will suffer a two lap penalty, and two crew members will be suspended for two races. That's a different rule change from last year. I like that. Which the the uh, damage vehicle damage vehicle clock is has been kicked up to one up a minute to seven minutes. Um, drivers were saying last year, well, not really drivers, but crews were saying last year that they. Change the tow link in six minutes, but they think they can change it in seven, so that's why they bumped it up to seven minutes. Um, 
the playoff el- eligibility requirements. No longer is there a top 30 rule for Cup Series and a top 20 rule for um, Xfinity and Trucks. As long as you attempt to qualify for every race, if you win a race, you're in the playoffs. So, like, is going to oh, be really I'll, interesting. I'll give you an example. Let's just say Jimmy, for whatever reason, comes out and wins the Daytona 500. He's not eligible for a playoff spot because he won't try to qualify for every race. The second he doesn't show up to try to qualify at the next race, wherever that is, he's out. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson goes and wins the Daytona 500 and says, oh, and I'm goes, out of retirement. <laughs> and he goes back and like, hey, boys, it's a full time. Let's go. <laughs> I'm getting number eight. Let's go. <laughs> I, I would laugh at that, but I really would. But he can't because he's driving at Le Mans, so he can't. Right? Um, like, he can't show true. up and be two places at once. Uh, they'd probably pull him. Well, it, well, no, I don't think that's an off weekend. Um, yeah. Also, the restart zone uh, for the first five races is going to be expanded by 50% for the first five races. And after the Atlanta race, NASCAR will determine whether to, to whether or not to keep the expansion in place. So that that's just something that we might just keep an eye on, but it probably really won't matter. Um, Explain the restart zone. Basically, it's a zone that told you I mean, to you know like where you can restart in. Like once 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 the flagman flies that green flag, you're you're gone. So I mean. But doesn't the leader have to go first? Like, you can't have the guy, like, doesn't, like the leader basically says it's a control car, right? I don't think that's a thing anymore. I, for some okay, reason, good. I just can't remember. I think that as soon as that green flag waves, you can just dip. Okay. I kind of like that, honestly. I have, Let I me, be I'm going to look that up guy. just to be sure, because honestly, I don't pay attention to, to the restart zone stuff. Because I just, I, I don't know. I just don't really pay attention to it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Um, Mark, so basically the, the restart zone is where the race leader restarts the race. And then, but it's all, it's, it's as soon as the restart, as the leader takes the green flag, everybody else can go. I think that's kind of what it is. Okay. All right, fair enough. I'll be honest. I just I don't really pay attention to anymore. Fair enough. And then finally, when we started this whole thing on the shoes rule. What about it? Explain to me. You you started to, and then you went to. Oh this. yeah. Um. Basically, the shoes rule is after every caution. Um. Once you come off pit road. They, you know, they, they do a couple more laps on their caution. And then, then when they get the, the uh, one to go, they can decide. There's like a, I mean, it, obviously it's not a cone, but on, on your short track, there is an actual cone that somebody takes a rope and pull it, pulls it back off the racetrack once all the cars go by. Basically, this is so that drivers can either pit the top, the top lane or the bottom lane. And then in NASCAR, it's like an orange V with a block in the middle. You can't yep. touch that block. Nope, you cannot touch it, or you will get a penalty for it. And basically, what it is, let's say the lower lane, the 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 high side has been the fast lane all day. 
you may have a bunch of people going and taking that fast lane, but you may think, okay, I can gain three or four spots by going to the slope to the lower lane, and I think that's going to work out for me. I'm going to do that. It's your choice. If it's there, you can take it. Yep, that's basically it. Like, it's more interesting when they do that on like the bigger, like the more like middle sized tracks, like Charlotte and Michigan and stuff like that. Yeah, no disagreement here. I like it. I, th- I think it's. I didn't know about it beforehand, but once I found out about it, man, I thought that was a really good idea. I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Speak- just oh, go ahead. I mean, I'm totally going off the whole racing aspect of everything, oh, but. Aaron Rodgers is the oldest quarterback now in the league. Oh. <laughs> like, somewhat, they, I feel okay. old. <laughs> Let's circle back a little bit to football. Okay. I saw this on uh, PTI today. They're talking about whether or not they think Aaron Rodgers retires or what he does. And they basically, be- and they basically said that because Tom Brady retired, that pretty much locks Aaron Rodgers into playing this season. Because he doesn't want to play. Do you think he wants to be in the same Hall of Fame class as Tom Brady? You think Probably he not. wants to do the same? Like, come on. He wants it all to himself. You think he wants to retire in the same offseason that Tom Brady retires? No. They think because Brady left that it basically confirms Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year. Whether it's the, on the Packers or somewhere else, they don't know. Yeah, and from things I had seen, there were some, there were some reports suggesting that they – they they're leaning more towards just trading him away anyway, or letting him go. I, I don't remember if his con what his contract status is, but either way, they, so I think it'll be a trade. Yeah. So other than AA run, all the legends of our era has now been retired. Tom Brady, Big Ben, Old Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli, and Philip Rivers. Rivers. Yep. Like, boys, we're getting old. I feel old. I feel ancient. So. We're getting old, boys. We're getting old. Also, I, I just want to mention some sad news today. Ozzy Osbourne is no longer touring. Yeah, very sad. I saw that and I was like, and, and the saddest thing is that, God, like, you know, somewhat of that status. And that legend, uh, being such a legend, he just has to go on his own accord. And it's, 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 uh, I'm looking forward to what they figure out to, to at least let him do, you know, one more performance in some way. And I'm sure it'll be like a big old live stream event, like many have done. Um, or one last hurrah live performance, like in person, one way or the other. Um, Man, like go book the garden and do something nice. And yeah. And also, uh, Doctor Phil retired today as well. Good riddance. So you, so you have Tampa Tom, Doctor Philly, and Ozzy Osbourne. All and on that, from something today. <laughs> on that note, but not on the same time. Theme the ending. Yesterday, the last Boeing seven forty seven was delivered to Atlas Air. Boeing will never make another 747. Wow. I did not know it was uh, its lifespan. Yeah, they had uh, it. it, There's like only one airline in the world, I think, operates them for passengers. That's Lufthansa. But they're freight liners. 
because they were designed to be a dual service aircraft because they were designed. Okay, this isn't this doesn't count as what I learned this week, but I'm going to give you a history lesson anyway because we're already on the subject. So the 747 came out of Pan Am, Pan American World Airways. Pan Am had been this airline that had no domestic routes. It could not, by law, fly in the United States. It had to fly out to the to the world, to Asia, to Europe, South America, Central America, wherever. It couldn't fly within the U.S. And so because of that, they had fairly high costs, right? You're not flying from, you know, Bethlehem to Charlotte. You're flying from Atlanta to Berlin. It's a pretty long flight. So... Pan Am had been this uh, innovator in terms of bringing jet airliners into the world. And they realized that, okay, we need to make this airline more accessible to the general public. It doesn't need to be this ultra high-end thing. It'll cost you a few bucks, sure, but we don't. We need to be more accessible to people. How do you do that? They fit more people on the, on the airplane. Well, Pan Am's president, Juan Tripp, went to Bill Allen, the CEO of Boeing, and basically said, well, okay, if you build it, I'll buy it. Well, if you buy it, we'll build it. That was it. There was a handshake agreement that brought this airplane into existence. There was never a contract signed. It was just two men agreeing, okay, if you buy it, I'll build it. Well, if you build it, I'll buy it. So that's how it's going to work. But Pan Am had been kind of in financial trouble, really. Things were not going great for them. A lot of the competition started coming out. So they kind of designed this airplane with the thought of, well, if things go south, like we're thinking they might, let's be prepared. We can sell this stuff off as a freighter. So the 747 actually has the ability to load freight in through the nose of the airplane. Wait, of, wait, what? Yeah. On 747s, you can take the nose up, and that's how you can load freight instead of having the bottom on the back of the plane. Come up. I didn't know that. That's, that's one of its greatest features. I didn't know that. So after the airlines had started retiring them from passenger service, a lot of freight liners like UPS, FedEx, DHL, Atlas Air, which is a big freight airliner, that's who carries on the 747 now. Air, passenger airlines wanted to get more into the twin engine business, and of course, 747 has four engines. So that's why they started being retired from service uh, a set few years ago. So I think United through the last 747 flight back in like 2019, 2018, something like that. It's been a few years now, but it's not that long ago. But yeah, the last order of 747s was to Atlas Air for a freight service. And that's what it, that's what it, it was delivered to the airline yesterday. Hmm. Well then. Where's San Juan at? San Juan is in Puerto Rico. Oh, well, there's an Amazon plane that's coming back from Puerto Rico. Hmm. I'm, I'm on that plane finder app. Of course you are. I, uh, I know you do. Uh, so, let's move into what I learned this week is. Oh. So, on that spirit... Joshua, thank you. I think you didn't get a chance to go first last week. You're going to get to lead us off this week. What you learned this week? Uh, <laughs> that mayonnaise is not an instrument. Perfect answer. Two, two, you were two for two in SpongeBob references. Here we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I know I've learned stuff this week, but my brain is not functioning, and I done forgot what I learned. Fair enough. 
I mean, I don't know. I learn stuff. You every can take day. credit for you can take credit for what I said. I'll give you that. I learned it to you. Which part? The seven forty-seven. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to take credit for somebody else's work. No, I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> stuff I've learned learned this week. Because actually, there was something I I forgot about it. Um. Damn, what the hell was it? I don't know. We'll circle. We'll circle back, Darren. So, there's some fun news um, that I came across. That they, it's been in the news cycles before, but this time is the first time I saw like a little more detail on it. Um, there were all, there's a group of of uh, uh, researchers at a company. I believe it's called Colossal. Is is the company? <laughs> um, they uh, they are. Working on reviving the woolly mammoth. Oh yeah, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh my God, we all think yeah. the same thing. Everyone, so, the the there are many things uh, that work with it. In that, so the first thing being, one you have to have, you know, DNA from the mammoths. Now they actually have preserved DNA from a very, very, very well preserved. Um, uh, baby woolly mammoth found in Canada, I believe, by gold miners of all things. Oh, um, so you have to have a substantial amount of that DNA to do anything with it. As I mean, on top of that, you also have to have um, ba- what's called a base genome. That's essentially a reference. Um, it, it's it gives you a scaffold to line up genes that are the same. And effectively, you could fill in the gaps from there. If, um, with In this case, um, things that might... Well, it, you could find where gaps are, and you can, based on the fact that these and their, their next closest relative, being the Asian and the African elephants, I think the DNA matching is something along the lines of 99.5, 99.6%, which is really close, but also, you know, that 0.4 is a lot of bases. Um, either way, you have that reference genome, and you, you use computers to line up everything, and, and, and you, with the new technologies that we're gaining in genetic engineering, you can uh, essentially pick and choose. Uh, you can insert them right in and, and replicate them uh, using that reference DNA. So, what you're saying is, I can have a miniature woolly mammoth. If they engineered it in such a way successfully, hypothetically, yes. Um, But they need to make that happen. I want a little miniature woolly mammoth. No, no, what he's saying is just watch Jurassic Park and watch the whole Mr. DNA thing. That's what he's saying. Yeah, but so let's. Uh, I imagine it won't ever get to the Jurassic Park situation, but you know. So the reason, the main reason why they're doing this, outside of just being ridic- a ridiculous advancement in science, is that it has a climate change angle to it. In that mammoths, as you could all probably imagine, eat plants. Um, but on top of that, where they where they thrived, well, well, in North America, Europe. And Asia, and where they 
primarily thrive for a lot of places where where, where permafrost exists. So those that's that frozen layer underneath the ground, just underneath that um, is basically just you know a as the name says, permanently frozen, uh, as as far as you know, permanent goes in terms of climate. But the other important thing about permafrost is that it holds; it's, it's a natural carbon capsule, so it holds and sequesters all of this carbon that would otherwise be released into the into the atmosphere. And what where the woolly mammoth comes into this is that they trample all that moss and the shrubs and such that would turn into that permafrost over, you know, from the times of the ice age and it would create more of it. They effectively helped the creation of permafrost. Now, they want the sole, you know, reason, of course, but the thought is you, you, you bring them back into their, their original habitats um, and they could aid in the long-term fight for capturing more carbon and taking more of it out of the air uh, with the rising you know, percentages. Uh, and as well as just biodiversity, um, kind of reversing the extinction events that, was, that we're seeing and the ones that many experts expect might happen again. So cool thing for both hey, we might be in a world where woolly mammoths exist again, and also, you know, an actual meaningful fight. And the hope is that they live their life out in the wild. They, the, the people behind this are strongly against popping them into zoos because that's antithetical you know, to, to why they're even doing this project. I, I can't stress this enough. If this goes through... Jeff Goldblum had better be at the damn ceremony or they hold the damn building. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's all I'm yes. saying. I mean, I, I just want a baby woolly mammoth. That's, 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 <laughs> I don't that's trust the baby woolly mammoth, okay? <laughs> Why? Uh, I would ride I know that you. mission to victory. <laughs> you know why I don't trust you. <laughs> Actually, I really don't on that one. Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> Hi, Chelsea. Hi, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing, bud? You gotta talk. You gotta talk. Baby, talk to the woman here. Okay, good. I am baby talking my puppy. Oh, God. I know I you are, it. but oh well. <laughs> you, you are eighty pounds of fur. Will you sit off of me? <laughs> You're gonna break my knee. Anyway, what I learned, what I learned this week is that there is a game called Google Feud. Which is basically like Family Feud, except that you don't have a survey of a hundred people. You get to—they pose a question, or it's probably a poem typed into Google, and you have to guess how Google AI finished that sentence. Oh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> oh, wow, Chessie. So I thought we'd play around. I have oh, it up on oh. my computer. I'm gonna let you all pick the categories. I'm gonna listen out to you, and I'll let you all pick. NASCAR. No. Auto racing. Oh. The, 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 I'll give you the category shots. Don't jump the gun. Culture, people, names, questions, animals, entertainment, or food. Food. I'm fat. I like mm. food. That seemed pretty bad, there. Any dare to go against that? No, I was just like, mmm, food. All right, that was like go. yum. <laughs> okay, so. We have 10 possibilities up here, ranging in points from 10,000 down to 1,000. 
here's the it's three rounds. It's three uh rounds in a in a game. So we'll just go with this. Um uh, we'll go three to oh, we each get three guesses, so I'll alternate between the two of them. So we'll see how this goes. Uh what happens if you eat blank? Uh Derek can go first. What happens if you eat blank? Uh how would Google auto complete this query? What happens if you eat puffer fish? Okay, oh puffer fish is the uh, puffer fish is the question. Hold on, let me. I was writing it down in my notebook so I didn't forget whose turn it was. <clears throat> oh, and you get four strikes. I forgot to say that. Nope, that is strike one. Huh. So, Josh, what happens huh. if you eat blank? Oh, God, I don't... Shit. Uh, what happens if you eat blank? What happens if you eat bad bad meat? Bad meat, he says. Show me bad meat. No, strike two. <laughs> there, back to you. Um... Uh, bananas. Show me bananas. No, strike three. One more. Josh, over to you. Alright, just go back over the rules again. You have to... Uh, uh, the question is, what happens if you eat? So what we're asking is, what happens... Like, How would Google autocomplete this? When you type into uh. Google, you get those suggestions. What would those suggestions be? What happens? What is it? What happens if you eat? What happens if you eat? Yes. Mold. Mold, he says. That is the top two answers, so we stay alive. (laughs) Darren, back to you. No pressure. Mm, I figured it was going to be slightly off the wall thing like that. Um, not that mold is that off the wall, because it but, can uh, be. Yes, <laughs> scrapes off the wall. <laughs> um, let's see. What happens if you eat? Um, so I feel like some clueless parent would type it up. What happens if you eat cat litter? <laughs> cat litter. He says, "Show me cat litter." No, that is the fourth <laughs> strike. So the other answers are in descending order. What happens if you eat too much protein? Yeah. What happens if you eat oatmeal every day? <laughs> okay, that was not well. That so that's not my fourth one. That is my. Oh dear God, I'm blind. Two, four. That's that's my sixth one. What happens if you eat raw chicken? Yeah. Okay. Raw, raw food. That's kind of where I was going with a puffer fish in a way, but I was like, "Ooh, let's go out the wall. Let's go out there." What happens if you eat silica gel? Yeah. <laughs> All the little the little packets in your beef jerky. <laughs> what happens if you eat too much salt? <laughs> what happens if you eat poop? Oh, see, is it? I, I was I was literally thinking that I was like, ah, but oh, should have said. What happens if you eat a bad egg? And what happens if you eat too much sugar? Huh. All right. Here's the next round of our game. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. 
the goes. There we go. How much sugar is in a can of blank? Uh, Josh, you can go first this time. Coke. Coke, he says, show me Coke. Number one answer. There. Uh, if it wasn't Coke, I was going to go with Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, he says, show me Mountain Dew. I'd be a great host of this game, and you know it. <laughs> show me Mountain Dew. Third answer. Yes. <laughs> so, Josh, back to you. Pepsi. What we... Pepsi, he says, show me Pepsi. Number two answer. Okay. <laughs> We're off to a much better start. Darren. Uh, orange juice. Orange juice, he says. No, first strike. Huh. I think it'd be there. Josh, back to you. Say the question again. How much sugar is in a can of? Okay. Uh, let's go with Sprite. Sprite, he says. Show me Sprite. Yes, number four. Mm. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Darren. I'm going to go uh, out of the realm of sodas. I'm going to go beer. How much sodas in a can of beer? Yes, the number six answer. So, Josh, back to you. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Yes, number five answer. No, mm. number. Yeah, that was the seventh. Uh, Six answer. Beer is seven. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's say Lacroix. That that seltzer water. Nope. Strike two. Ah. I mean, I know it's got no sugar in it, but surely someone was asked someone anyway. Someone was asked. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, back to you. I already said that. That's been taken. Oh, we've already we've already said Dr. Pepper. Yeah, and it's up there. Yeah, you said oh. it. Oh, I thought I said Sprite. You also said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Monster. Monster. Mm. I was waiting till someone did the was... uh, energy drink stuff. Monster is the number eight answer. We have yep. three answers <laughs> from the board, gentlemen. Uh, my next one was actually going to be Red Bull. <laughs> All right, Red Bull. He says Red Bull is the number ten answer. We have two answers back up there, boys. Soda. Just yeah, yeah, broad one for probably. Yes. One more <laughs> one more answer. The number nine answer. Darren, up to mm, you. Number nine. We got two strikes to play with. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Um Diet Coke. Diet Coke, he says. Diet Coke is our third strike. Mm. Josh, well, back to you. According to my Google, Mountain Dew, but not spelled out. It's MTN that little space D-E-W. All right, let's try that. Mountain Dew with the space. <laughs> with the uh, with the weird uh, punctuation. Abbreviation. Yes, no, abbreviation, that's not it. And the uh, Oh my goodness! The last answer was Coca-Cola spelled out. Oh, oh. I was going with the diet because I like surely someone asked diet. Oh, they spelled See, it out. On my, yeah. it goes Coke, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Sprite, Dr Pepper, soda, Monster, Mountain Dew, and then beer. Mm. 
All right, we did pretty well that round, boys. Here's our last round of the day. It is okay to eat blank. Or is it okay to eat blank? Darren, you can lead us uh, off this time. Wild mushrooms. Wild mushrooms, he says. No. Josh. Eat eggs every day. Every day, I misspelled. Is it okay to eat eggs every day? Yes, that's the number one answer. And it also, <laughs> and it also throws in oatmeal every day in the same bank. <laughs> so Josh has two. He has the number two answer, the number one answer, and the number eight answer. Darren, back to you. Um, is it okay to eat um, raw meat? Raw meat is not up there, surprisingly. Ew. Josh, back to you. Pomegranate seeds. <laughs> nope. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, I'm looking right at it. That's not, that's not how... Are you on the game? Huh? Are you on the game app? No, I am... Okay, then it's not based on your Google, it's based on everyone's Google. Shut up. <laughs> um... Hmm... Is it okay to eat, uh... Cookie dough. Good answer. Not up there, surprisingly. Jeez. Here are the here that's our fourth strike. So here's the answers we didn't get. Is it okay to eat watermelon seeds? Is it okay to eat more on your period? Is it okay to eat raw <laughs> eggs? Is it okay to eat potatoes that have sprouted? Is it okay to eat brown avocado? Is it okay to eat one meal a day? Is it okay to eat after working out? Is it okay to eat before bed? Hmm. I'll just say this. We did a lot better than what me and my dad did last night. We got 85,000 points, but dad and I combined only got like 20,000 points. Because right? <laughs> you get 1,000 points for each spot down the board. So like the number oh. one answer is 10,000 and then down. So so right here, okay, so right here's another thing I learned. Um, your, your favorite four men from Texas are coming back on Hulu. Oh, yeah, Lord. yeah, King of the Hills coming back. God dang it, Bobby. I tell you what, man. Oh, dang old man. Dang old man. I can say. The only thing <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've watched King of the Hill a few times. I don't watch it regularly, but I will say this much. Part of me doesn't like that because my brother loves it, and my brother is going to inevitably start yelling Cotton Hill when I start talking about going to the railroad at Cotton Hill, and I don't want to hear that. <laughs> they, damn it, Bobby. They stole the news van. It's the perfect crime. How will they ever report it? Oh, yeah, it's a good point. True. It's a good point. Ooh. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for today. We'll be back next week. Are we talking about, we talking about the Pro Bowl next week, guys? Or are we just going to skip the Pro Bowl? 
I don't. I'm not going to watch it. I'm only going to watch the LA Coliseum. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to hopefully be coming back from the Greenbrier having got a full day of trains on the Allegheny sub and then uh, and then settling in for the race. So I'm not watching the damn Pro Bowl. Dale, are you watching the damn Pro Bowl? I got nothing better to do other than to see <laughs> grown men play flag football, which frankly is more exciting than the whatever the hell they were doing before. I'm sure Liz will um, find something for you to do. <laughs> so, so, uh, so can I uh, leave us, uh, take us off today? Yes, you can. Okay, because I, I, I already know what I'm going to say. But let me do that first. So we'll be back next week to discuss the clash and whatever the hell else we'll talk about before we have a big, really big game. So for Darren and Josh, I am Lucas. This has been season three, episode twenty-five of the Scientific Negotiation Podcast. For a chase this week, Josh, take us home. It's just three simple words: fly, eagles, fly. No, no. <laughs> how did I know that was going to happen? How did I not? You're welcome. Mm. I don't remember saying thank you. <laughs> we'll be back next week when I may or may not have calmed down.